You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. if you were going to cut all of this out in the beginning and then you would like announced it so i was like no you're not but we're definitely leaving well, this we should leave this um as i was saying before i was interrupted hello and welcome to the gastroenteritis blues my name is steve Littman. i'm with dan volpone and emily anderson on a very special day how are you doing emily i'm doing great i have multiple caffeinated beverages with me um I have big plans to go to the dog park later, and I'm just thriving right now. DV, how are you? I'm great. I've been looking forward to this day for like months, so this is this should be fun. So we are about to speak to Zach Clark. Um, it's incredibly exciting to talk to him, and then so you're going to hear this first, and after that will be a review of the week's games and more bullshit with us. We're going to talk on Dan's birthday on Sunday. So uh, that is the deal. Uh, we're waiting on Zach to join the call. And the next thing you hear will be us with the great Zach Clark. So we're here with Zach Clark, who we recently saw on the past season of The Bachelorette, where he met his fiance, Tasha. Um, he's also the co-founder of Release Recovery and a huge Philly sports fan. He's definitely one of us. So we're really excited to talk to him today. Hey, Zach. What's up, guys? Thanks for having me on. It's uh nice to be talking about Philly sports I've, I've had a variety of these kinds of uh, talks with people so I feel very comfortable here <laughs> good so we have you know a lot of Philly sports questions for you but one thing I just want to ask you about you real quick how's engaged life going and uh, how's like new celebrity life treating you before we dive into the Philly sports stuff so I'll take that in two parts one uh engaged life's good you know like it, it, we're in a relationship and uh any relationship there's tons of beauty and 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 love and support and then there's moments that you have to work through which is to be expected but overall it's i, I couldn't be happier so it's it's going good awesome. and then uh i don't know man the celebrity i don't really think of it that way i can't get i can't wrap my head around that one you know, when when I think of fame or celebrity, I think of like Robert De Niro, you know, or like <laughs> Alan Iverson. You know, I don't think of like a guy that went on a TV show and found love. So, <laughs> I, I mean, you know, have a couple more people come up to me and ask for a photo here and there, sure. But uh, overall, I'm I'm back into my day to day life. 
and uh, doing what I do, which is watching some sports, trying to help some people, talking to people like you, all good. So uh, going back to the Lakers game, which at this point was last week, during that yeah. game, you tweeted something that we identify with so much. You tweeted that uh, you said, amazing how one bucket just changed my entire night's sleep after Tobias hit that shot. We, yeah. I mean, absolutely agree with that. If the Eagles lose on Sunday, I'm going to have a bad Monday. How are your emotions? Like, how do they go up and down during a big Sixers game? Like, what is that like for you? Are you cursing? Are you throwing things? What does it look like? If you would ask 22-year-old Zach that question, <laughs> it wouldn't have been a good answer. Uh-huh. I think I have matured a little bit in my fanhood, so I'm 37 now. Um, I've been watching Philly sports my entire life. I definitely had my fair share of moments at the vet and the link where, you know, I had a couple too many pops and was yelling and screaming or was at a bar and the emotions got the best of me. Uh, And it still happens, you know, in that particular instance, I was just convinced the the Sixers were going to lose because it Mm -hmm. was like they had the whole Kobe thing going and the anniversary and the comeback. I was like, there's no way they win this game. So when Tobias hit that shot, I was like, it happened. It really like, happened. Like it, it happened for us. That's that's nice. I can I can I can live with this. So, um, I don't know. You guys relate though. Like the the oh yeah the great part about being a Philly sports fan, um, is that we've had some really shitty times. So, when it's going good, I try to appreciate the good. You know. So speaking of shitty times, I wanted to get what was your reaction to the Kawhi shot like. For me, physically, my whole body got hot and I felt like I needed to be hospitalized. What was it like for you? <laughs> yeah, I don't think I knew. I mean, obviously, Kawhi Leonard's a great player and, and that Raptors team went on to win it. Um, I don't think I knew how close we were in that moment, right? Like, mm-hmm. I don't think I knew how well we were playing just because Toronto was playing at such a high level, right? Like. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a big three. It wasn't one of these things where they kind of got like their love after the fact. So when it happened, I was obviously upset. I was like, yeah, maybe we weren't that good. You know, like maybe <sighs> we just weren't that good. Um, and then Toronto goes on this run and I'm like, yo, we were close. Yeah. Like, that team was good. We were, we, we were, and since then, I don't feel like we found until this season, obviously. Um, I don't know, last season was weird. Yeah. Weird. Wasn't a season. <laughs> last season sucked. yeah the Kawhi shot made me cry I was with friends and I was just cried and then my fiance was like we're leaving now we need to go I said yeah we do thanks but so you mentioned being a Philly sports fan your whole life so how did it begin and what are some of your earliest Philly sports memories I mean I think it's something you're born into right I mean that's I don't know if I had a choice it's funny I have a I have two brothers. Uh, I have a brother from my dad's first marriage, Rob. And then I have my other brother, Matt. And we're all diehard sports fans. But Rob took it upon himself to be, I mean, he's totally out of his mind. He's a Cowboys, Bucks, Rangers, and Mets fan. Like, he just went at my dad. Like, you know, he, he just went at him. Like, he's like, I'm not doing this. So, and then my brother kind of, you know, brought it back and he was all Philly. And, and for me, I, I think it was just the easiest play. And I just, I, I mean, I remember being a little kid 
waking up and and cracking open the inquire and going to the stat boxes and just like you know looking for all the stats and who's leading the league and like i remember it so vividly as part of my mornings growing up as a child um and i don't know man i get bummed out for the kids today because i feel like the games are so much later and so much harder to be a fan you know it's 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 all about tv and it's all about the major networks so um I don't know. We've had season tickets to the, to the Eagles for, for since the 1960s. So oh, wow. once it was safe for me to start going to games, my dad started taking me to games. We've always had a blast with that and done the tailgating. And it's really, for me, it's a family thing, right? It's the eight times, eight times of the year that I know I'm going to see my brother, my dad, and some of these other guys we roll down to the games with. And then I think the Sixers and the Flyers and the Phillies all, all, all came, came with that. So, um, I don't know. I don't know if there's like a certain point in time. I think I was just born into it. Do you have like a, do you have like a first favorite Sixer? I mean, like I think Barkley, right? Like somehow, mm-hmm. some way Barkley was involved really early on. <laughs> and then, you know, we had the Clarence Weatherspoon, Jeff Hornacek, like, like those mm-hmm. years of just, um, you know, like I played hoops as a middle schooler and we would go to those Sixers games and sit in the nosebleeds because that's where we would get like the group tickets and there'd be mm-hmm. no one there, no <laughs> one, you know? So um, I laugh when, you know, people bitch about like the Sixers right now, they're in first place in the East. If the season ends today, they'd have home court advantage. I think whatever, they're like 16 and seven, 16 and eight after last night. Like we got to appreciate that a little bit. Like I had some nasty, gnarly years of just... <laughs> And that, that became the expectation, right? That they, they were just going to suck. And I think that's almost worse than like the process years because there was no plan in place at that yeah. point. It was just like, we're just going to middle here for a while. But yeah, um, something else you tweeted and about, you know, Philly sports being a family thing that your fiance needs to embrace, that she can't just go a la carte with the Philly sports. I saw the Eagles tweeted at her the other day. So she... How's she taking, you know, adopting all the Philly sports? How's that going? You know, I don't know if she really comprehends what she's signing up for yet. <laughs> I'll be completely honest with you. You got to get her uh, to the link, then she'll understand. Yeah. The the Eagles sent us some jerseys, which was cool, um, really early on. So that showed up at the doorstep. She's like, really? They sent us jerseys? I was like, yes, this is how this goes. <laughs> um, so we got to get the Sixers on board. Um, but we'll see. I mean, I think she's going to understand over time, you know, like one of the first, you know, we had to do these kind of weekends where we'd sneak around and see each other when it wasn't public knowledge. And they were typically over weekends and the Eagles were playing. So I would have to, you know, there's nothing more stressful than being on the road outside of your home environment, trying to find out how you're going to watch the game. Right. There's so much anxiety that just brings that about. I think Mm -hmm. y'all know what I'm talking about. So when she started seeing me go through some of that stuff, she's like, Oh, this is really a thing. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of being kind of on the road, what's it like being a Philly fan and living in New York? I don't know. I mean, I think this just goes back to, I mean, the fights are there, but I want to pick them, you know, (laughs) I, some of my best friends are New York fans. I mean, I, I like like the Yankees in particular, like I appreciate the Yankees, right. Like for like 
what they are as a baseball guy. I mean, I will cheer against them. I will hate them. But um, as I've grown older, I've learned to appreciate like even Madison Square Garden, right? Going and seeing Knicks game there. And I've even said living in New York for almost 10 years now, they haven't had, the Knicks haven't really been good in those years. I think there was one year they made the playoffs with um, Carmelo, maybe one or two, but I actually, I wouldn't mind seeing the Knicks, like have a decent year, see that, see what that city, how that city responds to that because they just, they suck. <laughs> like, <laughs> you go to a game there, it's still sold out, you know, it's crazy. Yeah. So to actually see that. And then, um, you know, Brooklyn, the same thing. I mean, I think we all know what's going on there now. And I have some thoughts about that team, but um, I don't know. I mean, I've, I've, I've stayed in my lane. You know, and I, I, I know, like, Philadelphia fans don't have the best reputation, so. Um, We're great, though. I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, you mentioned you had uh, season tickets growing up to the Eagles games. Do, you, do any, not just Eagles, any Philly, Philly sports games stand out to you that you've seen live that you've been to that uh, were, like, some of the best you've seen? Oh, what game was, uh, I mean, I was at the Super Bowl in Minnesota, three-year anniversary wow. yesterday. So that's, yeah, that was uh, me and my brother. So this ski trip that we're currently on is typically like 25 guys out here, but we've cut it way back because of COVID and the testing and, and being safe with it. So it's actually pretty beautiful. It's me, um, my brother, my dad, and then one other guy who has, uh, has season tickets with us. And we were, at dinner last night, cheersing the three year I mean, like, it was tears of joy, you know, with me and my dad and the topic came up, I guess. Um, Gargano or one of these guys was talking, my brother was listening to the radio and he was kind of saying like, would you trade? He feels like he got like duped by the Super Bowl that we're going to win that Super Bowl. And then for the next 10 years, we're going to be, we're going to be bad. And what he was saying, he's like, I'd almost rather be good for 10 years and not win the Super Bowl. And there's no way like let let me yeah. suck for the next but like nothing can can change that moment um obviously the, the phillies run uh you know with the doc no hitter like i was at like like those games uh was was incredible uh jeff jenkins the, the restart game i was there so wow. i've been fortunate enough to be at a lot of the, the big time moments in the last 10 years 10 15 years here yeah, that's awesome. And yeah, no chance I'm trading Super Bowl for anything. Yeah. <laughs> right. uh, so I just wanted to ask you, you know, speaking of downtimes, obviously the Sixers up until a few years ago were like purposely really bad. What were your thoughts on that? I know um, all of us love Hanky and, and kind of embraced it, but not everyone did. Where did you stand on that at the time? I don't know. For me, man, it's really hard as a, as a competitive guy, you know, to tank uh, and kind of like openly try to not win games. But I think we can all agree that the organization needed something like we needed to turn the ship in a different direction. And the other thing I think I've come to realize is like these guys in the front office and these coaches and talent evalu evaluators get paid a lot of money to, to do this. And you know, if I was, I invest time into Philly sports, but I'm, I certainly don't have the time to like be breaking down film and scouting players and um, 
strategizing how we're gonna, you know, build the organization over the next 10 years. So I don't think I felt strongly one way or another. I think it's hilarious mm -hmm. now, just like the, the whole way that the trust the process has, has taken off. And uh, I'm hoping that the process is coming to an end here soon with a championship. <laughs> For sure. Um, you mentioned you have a lot of thoughts on Brooklyn. Um, but did you want to trade Ben Simmons for James Harden? I think I, I think that was like, I think I was on the seesaw with that one. You know, we, we were, we, look, we were talking about it last night. And I think there's a sex appeal to James Harden, right? Like someone that can come in and score 30 points a night and, you know, just his whole thing. Um, I think as a basketball fan, like you would, you would love to root for him. Uh, I think it was my brother actually last night that said, like, since being traded, Houston has gone from like whatever the 26th best defensive team to the seventh best, like whatever their their metrics are since he's left. So mm -hmm. clearly, he cannot play defense, and <clears throat> that is one of Ben Simmons' strong points. I think for the casual fan, Ben Simmons can be really frustrating, right? I mean, because he's got this super freakish athletic talent. Um, Sometimes it maybe looks like he's not trying, you know, like all the things that would bother like your, your kind of like armchair fan. But I think if you really watch what he does for the team over four quarters and like can learn to appreciate that, I don't know if it would have been the best move for, for this team. Um, I feel like part of being a big sports fan is like being wrong about guys and like going all in on somebody that doesn't pan out. We do it a lot here. Uh, over the years, Andrew Bynum, Markel Fultz, a lot of swings and misses. Do you have anybody on the Sixers throughout the years that you were like super sure was going to be good that didn't pan out? Oh my God, such a good question. Thank you. I don't know. I mean, like, I think Fultz is the obvious one. Like, I was really hoping that he was going to be a superstar uh, yeah. because it wasn't the obvious choice. And like my whole, I'm a, I'm a Terp fan in college hoops because my brother went to Maryland. I went to a small school, so I hate Duke. And I've always carried the argument that like Duke players are never good in the pros. You know, like, <laughs> It's just been like this ongoing. Uh, I have a buddy, Pat, who played hoops at Lafayette, and we're always talking ball, and he's a huge Duke fan. So we always have this argument. And uh, I was like, Jason Tatum's not going to be good in the pros. You know, like, so I, I, was, mm -hmm. I was dead wrong on that. I mean, he is a, he's a stud. <laughs> Um, but I'm sure there's been a few over the years if I really rack my brain. Um, I don't know. It's like such a blur from, from like the Iverson, Tyrone Hill, you know, yeah. Matt Geiger, Eric Snow teams to like now, it just feels like what happened. That was like 20 years. That was 20 years ago. I mean, that's, right. that's, that's crazy. Um, I have a two part question for you. If you could have dinner with three current or former Sixers, who would you choose and what would you eat? Uh, I mean, Iverson's a no-brainer. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's a hang, obviously. And he's got Big stories team. for days. Right. So <laughs> we would probably go, what's the, wasn't there like a TJ Fridays? TJ Fridays used to always hang out at. Yeah, yeah. Just to do the full thing, you know, Absolutely. hang That's with Iverson. Great. And then, um, you know, Embiid. And I, 
I don't know how much he's toning it down, but I'm happy to see him toning it back a little bit just on some of the shit talking and mm-hmm. like, I just want him to take himself seriously and not that he doesn't, but he's a playful guy. So I think mm-hmm. he would be fun to, to have around, um, you know, and then Barkley's just a character. I mean, like, yeah. come on. So I think if you got Embiid, Barkley and Iris, and I mean, it's probably the obvious answer. I apologize. Um, no, that's a good answer. At the same table. I wouldn't have to say much. Yeah, you have lots of stories. Um, So we talked about the Eagles. You mentioned your Phillies and Flyers fan. This is kind of the question to get any and all Philly sports hot takes you want to get out. So do you have thoughts on, you know, the new Eagles coach or the Phillies signing JT or really anything you want to get out there about Philly sports? So the Phillies actually like what they did. You know, uh, which is not, I mean, should they have uh, spent $10 million on one starter rather than kind of sign a few? Maybe. I, I don't mm-hmm. know. I, I like taking a shot on a couple arms just because we know, you know, what injuries do. The lineup, I think, is fine. I think, again, this COVID season, 60-game kind of sprint is, is bullshit, and we're going to see that lineup in July and August, I mean, they're talking about shortening the season right now again, but who knows in July and August, September really mash. And I think uh, if they could shore up the bullpen just a little bit, uh, the Phillies, the Phillies could be all right. I think the lineup's going to actually be dynamite. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, the Eagles thing is hard, man. It's really hard for me. I, I mean, I, I think Wentz is a good guy. I think that <laughs> he uh, truly is like a, a good, honest human. I don't know that he's a, a leader of an NFL uh, football team. And, and I've just seen too many things now that just tells me that he's – and, like, I, I, and I like, trust me, I'm fully aware of, like, the games where he brought us back with, like, literally no weapons right and like I, I i've seen him do some really good things but i think he's too sensitive i just think he's too sensitive and this whole thing that just happened is, is really bizarre and um so i think they have to move on is where i'm at finally with with wentz and i don't know her like i'm not like super jazz like jalen hurts is the answer like i think we saw some good things but he was a rookie and you know, it's like any rookie or anyone in a, in a professional sporting environment, it's like these pitchers that get called up from AAA and go seven innings and, you know, have a shutout. And then you need, never hear from them again because the, the, the opposing team gets tape on them. So, you know, I think Hertz is going to have some adjustments. I think that – I don't think he's Mahomes, you know, I think – but he, I think he could be something, you know, in between whatever we're looking for. Uh you know, in the coaching thing, I mean, I love Doug. I love Doug for what he stood for. I think, how could you not? Um, the optics of Doug were amazing. Just you know, like the way that he just didn't give a shit and was going to do what he wanted to do. And, you know, the, like going for it on fourth down, like I'm aware that he didn't always make the smart move, but when it worked, it was fun, you know? And like, it was like that video game, like you're playing Madden in your mom's basement at, you know, 12 years old, like going for it on fourth time, all the fourth down all the time. So I was sad to see him go. Um, and I think they, they put together a decent staff here. I mean, the, 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 the D coordinator, I think they got was, 
really highly coveted. I think he was interviewing kind of all over the place. So the fact they were able to bring him over as well. Um, you know, apparently the quarterbacks coach that they hired, this guy Johnson is known Hurts since he was like four years old. So there's gotta be where there's smoke, there's fire. Right. Um, and I think, you know, like Lori has had a couple good hires, you know, like he's had Andy Reid, he hired Peterson, obviously like the Chip Kelly experiment didn't go so well, but there might be a couple tough years ahead with the Eagles, unfortunately. Um, and the Flyers for me, like, I don't know how you guys, like the Flyers for me, it's like, a, it's, a, it's a slow build. <laughs> like every year it's like, eh, and then like, I kind of <laughs> like, I, I'll get into it. So I don't have much of a hot take on the, on the Flyers. So overall, I think the Phils will be all right. I think the sick or the Eagles, you know, I'll, I'll hope for, I'll hope for kind of like lightning in a bottle, but I think it's going to be a, a tough couple of years. We're just so old and injured, you know, even, even on the O-line, like there's some really good names. Brandon Brooks obviously is a stud, um, but the injuries eventually are going to have to catch up to us. And uh, the Sixers, man, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I'm hoping it's a real deal. I mean, Embiid scares the shit out of me. He just <laughs> said he's going to get hurt. Like I just, he's playing at such a high level. And again, going back to the question about the process and tanking, like if you asked me 10 years ago, if it's okay to just sit out an NBA game because you're resting, I would have said you're crazy. But I think they got to look at that with this guy. Mm-hmm. You know, like, are you really going to roll him out there? Um, this next game against Brooklyn, like after he openly said last night after the game that like his knee was bothering. I don't know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So, so I got to ask you real quick about sneakers. So I'm not, yeah. I'm not a sneaker head myself, but my friend Joel is, and he was sending me pictures on the goat app of your shoes while you're on uh-huh. TV. So uh-huh. I gotta ask, do you consider yourself sneakerhead? And if you do, what do you think of the Embiid ones? So sneakers. I love sneakers. I'm sitting by some sneakers right now. I got a pair <laughs> of Jordan ones right here. I got some off work white buys right here. Whoa. I just unpacked. So and you just surround uh, yourself with them. Yeah, it's a stressful (laughs) thing to go on the road and try to plan what nine pairs of sneakers you can shove into your bag. Um, I love it. It keeps me young, you know, like I don't know why, but it's something that you know I just gotten into and it's got a little bit like baseball card collecting feel to it. Um and that's really where it ends. I mean, I just, I, I love it. I love reading about it. I, I like, I enjoy fashion. I enjoy like designers and like, I think Yeezy's hilarious. You know, like I can get into all that stuff. I don't know that I would rock a pair of Embiid shoes, but I love them <laughs> as a player. <laughs> You're staying away from the Under Armour shoes? You Nike guy? I like Nike. I mean, Nike New Balance is doing some cool stuff. I mean, there's nothing wrong with Under Armour. I think from a functional kind of like playing hoops perspective, it's a great show. Um, I just don't know if I'm wearing it out on a Friday night to try and impress Tasha. <laughs> <laughs> um, finally, we we here did a did a giveaway. The three of us bought our own shirts from Release Recovery. Thank you. We also Thank did a giveaway you. where a listener of the podcast won one of the shirts. Uh, and we sent one yeah. to her. Um, congratulations to her. Um, I just wanted to give you an opportunity to tell us about Release Recovery and the Release Recovery Foundation and get the word out a little bit. 
I appreciate that. Um, it's the best, man. You know, it's the best. I, uh, I mean, part of my youth and adolescence and growing up in Philly and going to games and partying, you know, like running into bars in South Street at 19 years old, like that whole thing for me was one big party and you know it got to a point where it was just too much you know and like I found myself down a, a really gnarly road and I had to figure some shit out which I was able to do I have a, an amazing family and you know and quite frankly like a family that I party with a lot you know like going to games and 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 and, and hanging out and even they came to a point where like, all right, this is, this is stop. so, you know, long story short, I got sober um, and it was the best thing I ever did. And I eventually moved up to New York after I got sober and I, I met a couple guys and we, uh, we started doing this work together, kind of helping people. And we worked for this other company for, for five years up in the city. And then me and my co-founder now, Justin, girl and we went out on our own and we uh, we started release recovery which is kind of like the for-profit uh organization that we run so we've had that since 2017 um and we really specialize i mean our, our bread and butter is, is helping people transition back to the world after they've gone to treatment for drug addiction mental illness whatever it is um so we have a property up in westchester county not the westchester pa but westchester new york which was very hard for me to wrap my head around when I first moved mm-hmm. to New York. Um, and then a couple of cities, uh, a couple of programs in the city. Uh, and then on top of that, we do a lot of consultation work and interventions. And really, we just want to get the phone call when a family's in crisis and help them kind of navigate that and get out of it. So um, that's my day to day. And then at early 2020, before all this like bachelor crazy, whatever happened, we were feeling a desire and a need to really give back, um, you know, being in New York and kind of falling into the world that we fell into in terms of the families that we help, um, the families that we've helped over the years, you know, for whatever reason, they're, they're pretty privileged, right? So Justin and I kind of looked at each other one day and like, let's, let's cast a wider net. So we started the Release Recovery Foundation, which is our non-for-profit and that that is really geared towards um, helping individuals who are struggling and can't afford it to, to get into treatment. So we had some badass shit planned for the beginning of the year and then COVID knocked everything out. And then I ended up on this fucking television show right? <laughs> out of nowhere. Um, and I come back here. And so we're picking up speed again, the, the outpouring and the amount of love, even from, from people like you guys buying shirts has been incredible. It, it's the fundraisers ended or ending. I think they're shutting it off any minute here, but um, you know, we've raised a good amount of money and that's really where I'm going to turn a lot of my focus is to trying to help the, uh, the underprivileged. I mean, like for me, myself, like I grew up in Haddonfield, New Jersey, I had a good, family that was behind me to help me through my shit and like it wasn't lost on me at any point in that process that I was very uh fortunate you know and like I'll tell one story which I think you'll get a kick out of I went through (laughs) this is so great so I don't know if you guys go to like whatever if you have season tickets what happens is you end up 
becoming best friends with your entire section. So mm-hmm. when we moved over to Link, like we lost our vet family, but then we have our Link family. And, you know, I'm getting the years mixed up. It was like, oh, four, whatever, whenever the Link opened, right? So I was there for a good eight years, getting hammered, parking lot, the whole thing. <laughs> and then, so I went to rehab in August of 2011, which is right at the beginning of the Eagle season. And I got out January of early January, 2012. <laughs> so I missed the entire Eagle season, right? I wasn't, I wasn't there. So everyone in the stands kind of asked him, my dad, but like, where's Zach? What happened? And they're like, oh, you know, he's just like, you know, he's really busy. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so then the next year comes around and I walk back into the, st- the stadium and I kind of like sit down and everyone talks to me about it. Like, Hey man, how do you go to games? How do you go to concerts? Like you go, you know, like you don't need drugs and alcohol to have a good time. So I walk into our section and the people in front of me are kind of sitting there like, Hey guys, how you doing? And they did like a triple take. They just did not recognize <laughs> who I was. They're like, what, what happened to you? And it's moments like that in my life that are just so beautiful and, and reassuring to know that like, wow, I was really a mess. And now like, I have changed and people that I go to Eagles games are even recognizing it. So that's just reassurance that, you know, I'm on the right path. And, you know, since then it's, it's, uh, I'm the DD to all the games and, you know, obviously the rest of the crew loves that cause they can tie one on and whatever. <laughs> and I, I, I have a blast with it, man. I really do. That's amazing. And congratulations on that. Uh, so it's releaserecovery.com and releaserecoveryfoundation.org. If you want to find yeah. out more about that. Um, Emily and Dan, do you guys have anything else before we uh, let them out? No, you should go. Try to get going. <laughs> Zach, incredibly cool of you to come on. Thank you so much. Dude, I appreciate you guys. Let's stay in touch. We'll, uh, we'll link up at the game here when, when things are back to normal. I'm hoping sooner rather than later. And uh, this was great. I really appreciate talking sports with you guys. Let's go Sixers. Yeah, yeah thank you so much. All right. Thanks, Zach. Peace. See ya. Later. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. So now we're back. The You just heard our interview with Zach Clark of The Bachelorette. Uh, he was wonderful. He was great to uh, to come on and super nice, super nice guy. Emily, you're the one that made all of this happen. How do you feel? I thought it was really fun. It wait, was so nice wait, of him. Wait, I made a mistake. What? Happy birthday, Dan. That's oh, yeah. Cool thing. 
So we're we're recording this part of the podcast on Sunday the seventh, which is our very own Dan's birthday. Dan, happy birthday, Emily. Back to you soon. Yeah, we've wished we've wished Dan a happy birthday many times, both on and off air. True, but we yeah. had to make sure that we got it on air. You're right, yeah. Steve. I didn't want to come Thank off palace and thoughtless. All right, <laughs> Emily, how did you feel about Zach Z? Zach was great. He's yeah. definitely one of us. Um, it was so nice of him to take time. He's on a trip with his family and he took time before going skiing to talk to us, which was super nice. Um, he did text me and issue a correction for his answer to the, uh, like, which guy were you really wrong about? So he (laughs) like, right, like five minutes after he texted me all caps, Larry Hughes. (laughs) And he said, that's the letdown player. I was all in on him and Iverson. So he was right about Iverson wrong about Larry Hughes and I promised him that I would issue that correction here so that's really great um yeah you said just the fact that like five minutes later he had like an epiphany that was like Larry Hughes that's and like, it was all caps yeah. it was great um Dan how did you enjoy the conversation with Zach I enjoyed it quite a bit we've been looking forward to that for a while um because we were we were trying to get Zach on like immediately like he dropped I think he dropped an Eagle Super Bowl reference in like the first or second week of the show, we were like, let's get this guy on. But then we kept like seeing him every week and it felt like we were already buds because we saw him on TV all the time. So it was very cool to get to talk to him. Yeah, he was great. And he's very like, he had already, when we recorded that, he like already read Embiid's quotes from the night before. Like he's not a casual fan at all. He's very plugged in. Um, and that was really cool. So very happy to have uh, Zach on the podcast. Dan, how's your birthday going? What's on the docket? And and what's what have you gotten fun gifts? Well, so I'm not really a birthday guy. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's not like uh, I don't like look forward to my birthday every year. But today's a good one because it's the Super Bowl and I am a football guy. Mm-hmm. So got some good food we're doing. Uh, I'm going to get a barbecue chicken pizza. Um from our favorite pizza place around here i'm gonna get um what's that what's that place called let's give it it's shot. called frank's pizza and chicken and i've had i've had a lot of just mediocre barbecue chicken pizzas nothing comes close to frank's frank's does it perfect love it all right so if you're ever in pittsburgh go to frank's pizza and chicken you get barbecue chicken pizza or buffalo chicken pizza i hear is good i'm not a buffalo guy but mm. but very good things we're doing there's a Philly pretzel factory out here. So we're doing a nugget tray. I have um, some like mozzarella sticks, some uh, Philly cheesesteak egg rolls. I have some, uh, oh, uh, my mom's sending me a cookie cake from Insomnia. Wow. How many birthday. people are you feeding? My roommates and Andrea's visiting. There's only five of us. <laughs> we're going to have okay. leftovers for a long time. You'll be uh, eating but this week. is like This is our big day. You That's know, very like, exciting. We're, we're a football house, so. And is Andrea yeah. there yet, or is she still? Yeah, so Andrea's been here for like a week. Um, and we'll probably leave in a couple of days, unless like if the weather allows. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, it's gonna snow a lot. I got a my big gift was a Joel and B jersey from my mom. Wow, nice. very Great. shout out to shout out to my mom and dad for that one. Um, not the new Philadelphia not city the version. New Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Not, not the new Philadelphia. Not the boathouse row version. I got a I got a candle from my aunt mm-hmm. so thank you aunt michelle it smells delicious and i got myself a 25 dollar instrument called the melodica which is like a keyboard that you blow into that i just learned about yesterday 
and got you know one day delivery on that from Amazon, and I am having a great time with it. Okay, so how did you learn about this instrument? All right, so I was on TikTok, right, and I saw someone playing the pan flute, and my roommate Stephen is super into music, and so I was like, Stephen, look how cool this instrument is. I know it's a thing because I'm I don't I don't know all the instruments and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I kind of want a pan flute. And he was like, I have something even better for you. Look up what a melodica is. And then I saw a video of people playing it. And I was like, I have to have it. Like, this is like the coolest thing ever. And I was like, all right, but like, I'm not going to spend, you know, too much money. But then I checked and it was like 25 bucks and it had great reviews. There were people were saying like, oh, this one's super cheap, but it's like just as good as like a more expensive one. Or it's like almost as good. And I was like, well, that's excellent because you know, I need some creativity. I think I need to get a little creative. And, you know, this way I can do it without spending like, you know, whatever crazy amount is for an instrument I'm never going to be good at. So I'm feeling great about it. And sources have told Emily and I that you have learned a song. I learned one song, but it's going to be real. It's really bad. Like I'm not good at it, but I learned the song. Would you like us to submit guesses for what the song is? You'll know what the song is. Oh, you're saying, all right. right. Yeah. You can submit guesses. I'll give you a hint though. I'll give you a hint. All right. All right. It is the, it is, first of all, it's like, I, th- I think it's like probably the most popular song that's like played like entirely on this instrument. And I think, you know, it's like a, it is, it's a popular TV theme. And I think okay. it's, I, I don't know of another song that's like, that's like so melodica heavy. All right. I, think I didn't I, even know there were any songs that were melodica heavy, but I'm this one is. This okay. one is. I'll know. Yeah. Let's do it. All right. Well, do we have guesses or should I just get into it? You start. I need to hear it first. You guys are going to know it right away. All right. Ready? Here, you can watch me play. I'll put the. There we go. Great. It's the office theme. It is. Yeah. Wow, that was great. Thank you. There were a few mistakes in there, but generally that was the office theme. I'm working on it. I thought that was great. I'm having a great time. Um, (laughs) uh, Two things. One, when I was in college, I got a harmonica uh, uh, for like $7 on Amazon, and I would play it, and I learned how to play You Are My Sunshine. And then one of my roommates, I'll never know who, threw it out. I don't know where it went, but I never saw it again. <laughs> I think I took the hint. Second of all, um, since your girlfriend is there, would you like us to take this opportunity to interview her instead of having you on the rest of the podcast? Yeah, you want me to go again? <laughs> do you actually? He's like, I yeah, don't want to do this. Today. I was expecting, yeah. I was expecting right. to know. Andrea, come here. Wow. Uh, you You're know doing what? the podcast instead of me. <laughs> she's gonna be like no be, i'm not she might be making jeopardy oh, did you finish jeopardy what is making jeopardy all right here yeah here's all right here's another thing i planned today so pre-super bowl before we pick up the food right so remember i told you a while ago i bought the eggs did i tell you guys this i bought the eggs bird that like that like teachers use on on children in like elementary school Hang on. the eggs that eggs use on eggs is called an eggs bird and you like click it and it's like a buzzer and then you the eggs like light up whoever ring ring in, rings in first it lights up so like i'm then i went on powerpoint and i made a jeopardy template on powerpoint 
And so now me and my roommates make like these really ridiculous Jeopardy games. And like some of them aren't even like, the, there's not even the format of Jeopardy all the time. Like some of the categories are like, like the question is like, you have to argue with someone else about like an assigned topic. And then like the winner gets the points. So yeah. like my one roommate and I argued for like half an hour about yes and no. Like without context, it was yes versus no. Oh yeah, I remember you mentioned this. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so these are, come in, come in. So, but you're, do you have time to take away from Jeopardy? Yay. All right, you're, you're doing the podcast. I didn't actually have any questions. I don't know what to ask. Here we go. What are you doing? Me? I don't know. What should I do? Hello. Hi, nice to meet How you. How are you? Hi. Nice to meet you. <laughs> Only have Dan a- wants you to do the podcast. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to let you get back to what you were doing very shortly. I'm Steve. That's Emily. I'm Andrea. Oh, good. Great. They're both now. We have both of them. I have a quick question. Were you a Sixers fan already before you and Dan got together? Are you now? Or what's your opinion on the team? So I never really, like, watched any Sixers games. Like, uh-huh. I would here and then. I played basketball. I did. I oh, played cool. basketball. But I just never really watched any professional sports, for that matter. Okay. I am a Sixers fan. I do watch it. But I don't watch it if I'm not with Dan. Sure. Do you have any favorite players on the team in particular? Um, so, okay. I like Shake. We oh. disagree. So I, I like defense. Dan, Dan's very, a very much an offense person. We know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, who did I like? What was his name? He was scrappy. He was scrappy. Was it PJ? PJ oh, McConnell. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Love him. Great. That's a He's great one. I like TJ. Well, listen, we didn't expect this to come to fruition, but thank you so much for joining us in here. Uh, didn't mean to interrupt your day, but we're, we're big fans of you. So thank you for being here. <laughs> <laughs> she, yeah, I kind of cut her off for sound, but she says thank you. <laughs> All right. So, yeah. What a great detour on the podcast. Did not We've expect. gone off the rails once again. <laughs> yeah, how far into this are we? We haven't talked about the Sixers. All right. Um, Sixers played this week. They played, uh, they beat Charlotte. They lost a bad game to Portland and they beat the Nets uh, on Saturday night. Um, Emily, what sticks out to you from those three games? The Charlotte win, I think they just sort of hung around for forever and made it an annoying sort of game at the end. Uh, and then Portland, the Sixers were without Simmons, and Portland was without like their two best players, right? Yeah, and everyone, uh, the Sixers lost that game, and the scary thing happened with Embiid's knee. Um, and then, of course, last night was uh, the Sixers playing the Nets. The Nets were without KD and Kyrie. What sticks out to you from this week of games? And also, how did we do in our picking? Okay, so first in our picking, I will tell you, I went three and zero. I know that. Oh shit. Yeah. Wait, uh, you did? I thought you I said the Sixers would win all three. No, I, I said they I... would lose to Portland. Dan, uh, uh, Steve damn. did. Steve said okay. they'd win all three. Okay. And then Dan went two and one because he thought Brooklyn would win because he loves James Harden. So me and Dan are tied at 16 and eight and Steve's there with 11 and 13. So. Hey, double digits. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Making up ground. You're just kind of flirting with 500. <laughs> So what did you think this week? Um, I think that, yeah, the Charlotte game was just kind of like a game that happened. Yeah. It, I don't really get excited for 
games that happen like that. Like there's no one on Charlotte that excites me. Uh, Seth Curry was not good. And then he wasn't good against Portland either. Um, the Portland game was like you said, stupid, <laughs> but it, it really did show like this, that like Ben and Joel can play together. And that when Ben is out, the, the Sixers are not as good. Yeah. Which I think some people, um, that sounded pointed, but I didn't mean it to be pointed. Yeah. Um, like think that they are fine without Ben. And I don't think that they are. And then the Brooklyn game, I thought that Ben played amazing. Joel was Joel. And that game really proved to me that the Nets don't have anyone to stop Joel. Like, even if Katie and Kyrie are playing, they don't have anyone to stop him. Like, is Norvell Pell stopping him? No. Is DeAndre Dorian stopping him? No. So, Emily's like, a Norvell gonna... Pell hater now? Wow. I'm not a Norvell Pell hater. I just, <laughs> he's just not as good as Embiid. He fouled out, shockingly. Um, <laughs> And, like, I don't think we're going to have, like, be playing Katie at the five down the stretch of a, yeah. like, playoff series. So I don't know what the answer to have it playing against Embiid in a series is going to be for them. So I think that that's something that they have to figure out. Hopefully they don't figure it out, and that would be good for us. Yeah, last night I thought Simmons, Embiid, and Tobias were all really solid. Like, I thought they played well on both ends. I thought they played hard. I... uh you know, Embiid didn't, like, put up 50 on the Brooklyn team, but, like, he didn't really have to, and I thought they played really well. Um, the Portland game was when Embiid had this scary thing happen with his knee where he went for a chase down block, and it just looked bad. It looked like his knee went the wrong way. Uh, Dan, what was your perspective on that as it happened? Uh, were you, like, thinking it would be fine when he left, or were you devastated? No, I missed it. I watched the game, but I missed that part. I think uh-huh. I was, I had just gotten back from picking up dinner when that happened. Mm-hmm. So I missed the first few minutes. Got it. Those were the scary- I have no thoughts on it. Emily, Emily, what about you? When that happened, what were you thinking? I was nervous. Um, I was more nervous when the back happened, though, than when mm-hmm. this happened. The back scared me way more. Um, but yeah, anything with the knee, it, it does make me nervous because I think, like, not that I have any. I'm not a doctor, but in my mind, like those ligaments and stuff can tear really easily around your knee. Um, I don't know if that's medically true. And like non-contact stuff with knees is, is always like way worse. Yeah. Um, so that was scary. But I, I just think that and then he said it was like hurting after the game and they please it seemed fine yesterday, though, mm-hmm. at, against Brooklyn. I just I think Joel's in good shape this year. We have never seen it. And I think he's in good shape. And that's coming to fruition in like his injuries and like coming back on the court and like playing minutes. I, we don't know what it looks like cause it's never happened, but I think this is what it looks like. Yeah, it definitely, I mean, it, it's, it's scary when he leaves the court with like a knee thing and uh, then he came back and he was sitting in the living room area on in by the basket. And then he scored 25 points in the second quarter and he's just like pretty unstoppable. I mean, that game sucked and they, Nobody could hit a shot outside of Joel and uh, Seth Curry didn't play the second half as he's still getting over COVID. So that's like definitely something to watch. Although he had a decent second half yesterday. Um, Thank God he's okay. Um, Dan, what about you from those three games? Did anything stand out in particular? No, nothing crazy. I mean, I mean, mean, they beat Charlotte because they're Charlotte. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I the Portland loss is not really a big deal to me. Like on top of, I mean, yeah, Ben was out and Portland had everyone out, but it's tough for the Sixers without Ben, just the way they're built. Like they, they're not like other teams and they don't have other players besides Ben who dribble and pass the ball. <laughs> like they don't really have other good passers, which makes them kind of like uniquely important. And like the only way that it would like, the, the Sixers would be, fine in, in, in games without Ben consistently would be if they acquired a player like that who can dribble and pass, which most right. teams have two or three of them. The Sixers only have one. So yeah, they're in big trouble when Ben's out and it's not really a surprise. And on top of that, they just, it was their first home game after a road trip. And like, it was second night of a back-to-back. So, I mean, it's, it's just like, it was a whatever game. And I don't think it really says anything about the team. Um, yeah. Other than that, they're not deep enough at at guys who can do what Ben does. Um, Maxi can because... dribble and pass. He's just a baby. Maxi's an okay pass, but he's a rookie. Yeah, yeah. it's he's not going to take not... in Ben's spot. No, that de- definitely not. Um, and then yeah, last night was, you know, it, it was kind of a bummer that, that we didn't, um, that, like we didn't get to see Durant and Irving. Once yeah. I heard they were out, I was thinking to myself, "There's no way we lose this game." Because, like, we just had a bad loss the night before. And this time we had Simmons and Embiid. It's like, we're not going to have back-to-back losses that bad. Like, the team is – this is not last year's team right. where it's like, you know, there's no there's no uh, bottom to the, the road loss that this team could sustain. Um, and it's like, I don't know, I think we're going to – this year we've been beating teams we're supposed to beat regardless of if it's home or road. And, um, and I was like, we're, that, that would be a win. And even when it was close, it was like – the Sixers will be the Sixers are going to win this game, and it would have been, it would have been frustrating if they didn't win. But it was always like that 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 game was a win. They're just, I mean, they're the Brooklyn's not deep, and the Sixers had everyone. So, yeah, I was shocked we played that game. You're I was shocked sure. that that like everyone on the Nets was fine to go when Kevin Durant is like in quarantine. It doesn't make any sense. I don't understand how they <laughs> like make these decisions, but. The other night, what happened here, before that game started, they go, Kevin Durant's out, health and safety protocols. Like 10 minutes later, they go, eh, you're good. Get in there. So he goes and plays. He doesn't start the game, but he comes off the bench. And then like 20 minutes after that, they go, sorry, you have to come out. And it's like, can we just like figure it out? Like, because at this point, then he played on the court. I forget who they were playing, but he was around all these other guys. And if he really was exposed... Shouldn't the whole team be quarantined? I don't know. And then I was like, oh, so our game is going to get canceled. And it was like, everyone is clear to fly to Philadelphia is what the, the tweet said. I was like, oh, we're really, we care about the environment in Brooklyn. We're going to fly to Philadelphia. <laughs> and I was just like, what is bizarre? Very bizarre. I was hoping that they would be full strength. Like, I really want to see the Sixers against a full strength, like great team. Um, which they did against the Lakers and they won. So, you know, I want to see them with more tests like that. Um, Yesterday we saw this against Washington with Bradley Beal, where Doc didn't have Ben guarding Beal at all in that game. Yesterday, Danny Green started on Harden. And I think I'm enjoying the Danny Green experience. I like him. He's always where he should be. He makes shots. I like him. Um, And he did, I feel like, as, as well as he probably could be expected to on Harden. And then in the third quarter, Ben switched on to him. After the game, Doc said that that was basically the plan, that Harden draws so many fouls and will tire you out so much that he didn't want, if he didn't have to, to put Ben on him constantly. 
what did you guys think of that? Obviously, this is a luxury that the Sixers won't have against a full-strength Brooklyn team because Ben will need to be on one of those guys. Um, what did you think of it last night, Emily? I mean, it worked out. Yeah. So I can't say that it wasn't a good strategy. Um, like you said, it wouldn't work with the full strength team. So it was kind of, I mean, if we can give Ben some rest, you know, defending someone while we can and keep him fresher for playoff like series and things like that, I say, go for it. Yeah. Dan, what about you? Yeah. It's funny. Kind of seems like an adjustment from like the Beal game where Beal was going off and doc was like, we're still not going to put Ben on him. Right. Um, and, you know, not Harden was having, like, by Harden's standards, any kind of incredible game. But, you know, he had a solid half. And then Ben did a really nice job in the second half of guarding him, which is what you would expect from Ben. Um, but, yeah, I mean, obviously in the playoffs, Ben can't guard all three of those guys. So there's going to be KD and Kyrie both not having Ben on them. And Ben's not going to be able to be a roamer at any point. Um, but, yeah, I mean, for, for this game, I, I guess, you know, he knows he knows. Ben's like I guess capacity to you know be fine for the next few games after you know how long he can still guard Harden tonight and like I don't I can't even speculate on that but um when Ben was on Harden he did a good job and and you know Danny Green's gonna have to to guard so like if Ben guards Durant in like a potential playoff series then Danny Green would have to guard Harden so um yeah I don't give give a few guys a shot at him that I thought that was fine is that what you would do uh, if like the current Sixers roster went against the current Nets, like how would you deploy Ben and who would you put in the other two guys? You're saying like for starting lineups? I guess, yeah. And would you make I any mean, so starting lineup? It's we. I, I, I'm. They're gonna get a center. Like they're not gonna get a great center, but you mm-hmm. know there was speculation about Drummond at some point. Um, if you have Drummond, you have to have him beat on him. Um, I think he's he's still too skilled offensively to put Tobias on him. Like Tobias did a fine job on like. Gasol in that one series. Yeah, Drummond would get so many rebounds, you know. He's yeah. An incredible rebounder. Uh, although yeah, I would kills him whenever they play. Oh, yeah, he yeah. might foul out in like yeah, three that's quarters. True. Yeah. But yeah, if they if they acquire a center that's like not like super skinny and like like then is gonna have to be on their biggest player. Right. Um oh, uh, it's tough. I mean, because they're gonna have Joe Harris out there, and I guess you kind of do with Seth Curry what you did with Redick on Joe Harris right. and just have him, like, just top lock everything. Mm-hmm. I don't – I mean, like, who else is Seth Curry going to guard? He's not going to guard one of those three, um, one of the big three. Um, so then you, you're left with Tobias, Ben, and, and Danny Green. I guess I would put – I guess I would put Ben on Harden maybe and – Danny Green on Kyrie and Tobias on Durant and just send help towards Tobias constantly um, because I'm just trying to think size-wise, but quickness-wise, they're all too quick for Tobias, but but they're also too quick for Joel and they would kill Curry. So I mean, it is it is tough. Like that's that's definitely going to be a challenge. Um, yeah, I don't. I that's maybe what I would do, but I would. I, I'm guessing Doc will be more creative than than I would be because you know obviously he's smarter than me <laughs> um uh the only interesting factor here is Thibel, who's played great defense lately um i think he's looked excellent on defense for the last few weeks um i don't think you can start him though because i don't think you can have two non-shooters if you want to base the offense around uh joel so emily 
would you go with that basically what Dan said or, or what do you think? Yeah, I think so. I mean, maybe you switch and put Ben on Durant. Cause like, I think they match up size wise. I actually don't really know how tall Kevin Durant is. Cause I, no I just hate knows. James Harden. So like, I don't think, I mean, I'm like, Tobias can handle him. It's fine. <laughs> you see him miss airball threes and then just sit down last night. He's not good. It's fine. Um, I don't think I'll ever get over it. So, but yeah, I think, I think it is important that we have Matisse on the bench because that's another good defensive player to add into the rotation. Like if someone does need help or people are getting tired and although it brings down our offense a little, if it can also slow down their offense, that's not as, that's not as like penalizing for us. And it, I, I think it's kind of rare to have like defensive specialists co- coming off your bench that are like as good as Matisse. A lot of times, like your defense is like failing a little bit when you go to your bench player. So I think that's a bonus that we have that Doc gets paid the big bucks to figure out how to deploy. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think the roster won't look the same in the playoffs. I think, you know, more stuff is going to happen. Um, but I feel like we'll see. Um, so outside of that, those are the games. We had two quick items on shake milton got a haircut mazel tub shake i prefer it a little bit longer personally you know but that's fine um and uh we can talk about ben and tobias and their chances at the all-star game we've got a little while until then so if you want we can save that for next week what do you think emily your call um i just really want tobias to make the all-star team that's not really a discussion it's just a statement and that's all I have on that. Yeah, I don't, I would, it would be really nice if Tobias made the, I don't feel like he's an absolute, no doubt about it. He needs to be in on merit, but if the Sixers are the best team in the East at the all-star break, they definitely should get two guys. And I think it would be really nice to see Tobias get it, but you know. I think that, yeah, I think he's having an all-star worthy season. I like, especially when you look at the stupid voting, I hate the fan voting. It's so stupid. Like clay Thompson is in the top 10 in the West. And I'm like, he's not playing. So I'm confused as to what you're watching. Um, So, I mean, it's all kind of dumb and taken with a grain of salt. I kind of think that Tobias's past performances, like last year, how he was not good is hurtful for his all-star chances this year, just on like fan name recognition for people who aren't like us that are not, like unlike us that are not watching the Sixers every night and like seeing the numbers he's putting up and what he's doing, that he's like a 40, 50, 90 guy, basically. Yeah. Um, and also I listened to him on Woj's podcast oh, this I week. To that yet. It was really endearing. He just like really wants to go. Like Woj talked to him about how like LeBron is saying that he doesn't like think there should be an all-star game. And Tobias is like, just like send me get me to Atlanta. Like I'm going, like, I want to go so bad. Like he really wants it. And I, I just find it endearing. So I want it for him. Uh, yeah. Dan, what do you think about uh, Ben and Tobias's all-star chances uh, given where the Sixers are at? Yeah. It's, it's kind of weird because I think like, you know, it's part of it is reputation and part of it is how well you've actually played. And I think each of them have one, which is that, you know, Ben is clearly, the second best player on the team, but he has not played well enough for most of this year. And even though he's definitely played much, much better the last few games, um, last, last handful of games, really, that doesn't kind of, I don't think that 
overshadows the fact that he got off to a really slow start. And like I, I'm not sure how it's fair to put him in over some of the other guys who have just been playing well all year, including Tobias. But then you have the issue with, you know, Tobias has been their second best player so far. I mean, he's not he's not their second best player overall, but mm-hmm. to start the year, I think I think it's fair to say he has been. And everyone kind of thinks of him as the guy who's on that awful contract, which like took Chris Paul an entire season of carrying a bad team to the playoffs to shake like that kind of reputation of like, Oh, he's actually not that valuable. Um, And even if Tobias, you know, I'm not saying not trying to say Tobias is Chris Paul, but um, he just legitimately has played very well this year. I'm not sure if he's like a slam dunk all-star, but he's probably a fringe all-star. And if the Sixers have the one seed, like you said, they probably deserve a second guy. Um, I wonder if it just goes to Ben, like by default, like, Oh, Ben's their second best player. He gets it, even though Tobias has been playing so well. The weird thing is, obviously, the fan voting is what it is, and that's just for the starting lineups. And then you have, I think, this, uh, what is it? The like the coaches pick the um, yeah, the coaches, the pick coaches from- and the media. I think right, or is it just coaches? I think just coaches because the media and I think partially combines for the starting lineup. Okay, yeah. So you have the coaches and um, even the coaches. I mean if the Sixers deserve a second guy, it might end up looking something like, you know, in a lot of the coaches' minds, you know, well, we just have to give them a second guy. They're really good this year. Their record's the best in the conference. Um, And, you know, we've only played Ben once this year and Ben was bad, but from what we've seen before, Ben is their second best player. Give it to Ben. Um, Because they're not watching every game that these teams play. They're watching like specific film and then they see them when they play. And so, you know, they've, they've seen Ben play bad once versus watching him play. Like Ben was fantastic last year and Ben was all NBA last year. So if like, a, if you have to give it to a second sixer by default, like it might just go to Ben, even though Tobias truly has been like very, very good. I don't think the Sixers are going to get three guys. Yeah. I, that's, that would be my guess too. I hope that if I had to choose one is the second, you know, for my preference, it would be Tobias. I think it would be. Right. Well, Ben's going to make other all-star games. I'd yeah. Ben's going to be Tobias the only the rest of his career. Um, and Tobias just hasn't been in it yet. So I think it would be really fun to see him rewarded for that. Again, I don't think they get three all-stars because I don't think they'll be separated enough enough from the second best team if they are the first best team. Uh, so, I, yeah, I think that that's probably how it will happen. But I would love to see Tobias get the nod. I um, also have an all-star voting, like, conspiracy theory. But maybe I'll oh. present it later once I do more research. Are you sure? Okay roughly it's i tried to like roughly do the math on those like if you retweet this is a vote Mm -hmm. and it just doesn't make sense like based on that like how many votes tobias would have gotten and then you like think about like people who vote online and like other ones i was just counting the sixers retweet like the sixers tweets that have retweets and it had him at like over sixty thousand votes so I'm like, how are, and then like the lowest one is like 117. So like, I'm like other places on Twitter plus the online voting didn't get him 50,000 more votes. Right. I think that's shocking. And I'm going to like make a spreadsheet this week and see where we're at. Please or like do. The next time that they release like the fan voting, I want to like see where it's at and I'll come with hard data and we can talk about it. Make well. sure you check the dates when they release the updated fan voting though. I will. Do you think they're, yeah. are they releasing some this week? Maybe, hopefully. I would imagine. I, I think, think is it like a weekly thing? Yeah. Okay. So next week I'll come with the data. 
What if you oh, bring yeah. down the NBA single-handedly? We would hopefully get more listeners. If they're, if they're lying about this, imagine, what else are they lying about? Imagine the lottery situation. Oh, the draft. This would be like if they if they're if they're fudging All Star Game voting, they're definitely messing with the lottery. Oh, without a doubt. All right, I love it. This get is excited. Exciting. We have a, we have a new crusade. I love it. <laughs> um, all right, so we have three games this week. Uh, Sixers on a road trip out west. They play at Sacramento at Portland and at Phoenix. No more back-to-backs for the rest of this half. Uh, Emily, what do you think? I definitely think they beat Sacramento and Portland. I am just going to go with my heart over my head and say they go 3-0 and this week. Okay. Dan? All right, so we have all road games, right? Mm-hmm. At Sacramento, at Portland, at Phoenix. All right. I'm going to say they lose to Sacramento. They kill Portland because we owe it to them. And then they win a tough game against the Suns. I like the Suns, but I think the Sixers win that. The Suns also play the Sixers tough, but I think that's going to be a good win for the Sixers, beat the Suns. And I think that, I, mean, I don't know, maybe De'Aaron Fox just plays really well and the, and the Kings beat us. I, 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 like, I like to mix in some wins and losses, make it mm-hmm. more interesting. Um, I'm going to say that they beat Sacramento and they beat Phoenix in a tough game that I think we're going to be talking right after that. Um, yeah. We'll be talking to Shrikar. Yes. NBA Twitter's very own excited to talk to him. Um, and that'll be the day before Valentine's day. It'll be very romantic. And uh, in between that, I would say they lose to Portland, uh, especially because if Dame plays, he's like the kind of player that this team would most struggle to keep up with. Uh, that's it. Anybody have anything else? I'm not looking forward to the 10 o'clock games this week. Yeah, that's disgusting. Yeah, it's late. But the sun's this afternoon, so maybe we can uh, maybe we can do a little uh, Liberty Ballers watch party with Tom West for that one because he'll be awake. Love that. Yeah, Love 3 it. o'clock on Saturday. All right, guys. Can I, can um, I play us out? Birthday, Dan. <laughs> Please do. Oh, yeah, play, play us out. Thank you again to Zach Clark. Unbelievable that he came on. Yes. Thank you to Andrea uh, for joining us on the <laughs> podcast. Uh, and that's it. Uh, happy birthday, Dan. We will talk to you next week. Dan, play us out. Thank you, friends. Here we go.
from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point of the price-performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skill and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest-cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E, today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.